What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Split Line Off-Road Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Rodney Cooper, and with me today, as always... Brandon Whitehair, guys. What is going on? Episode 034 coming at you, guys. We got an awesome one today. We're going to be having uh, a very special guest and Stu Baylor. Yes, the Stu Baylor is joining the Split Line Off-Road Podcast, so we're going to be talking to him. We're going to be going over the... GNCC uh, Hoosier race for this past weekend. Had some great racing that we got to cover. Uh, talk a little bit of Supercross. Of course, we're going to talk a little bit of fantasy. Uh, going to announce the winners of both <laughs> of our fantasy leagues. So, yeah, it's going to be an awesome show. Thank you guys for joining us. If you haven't ever heard our show before and this is your first time listening, make sure you head on over and, and like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, and then, of course... You're listening to us on Spotify. Give us a thumbs up there and uh, write a review if you want. Yeah. Yeah. Tell a, fr- tell a friend. <laughs> yeah, tell a friend about us. Uh, tell them how awesome Split Line is or how bad Split Line is. Yeah, whatever you guys want to do. Bad publicity is always Definitely is awesome. good. Blood. Wait, what is that? <laughs> but first and foremost, we told you guys last week that we had some exciting news for the Split Line Off-Road podcast that we were going to unveil this week. And it's here. It's this week. So let's unveil it, Brandon. Let's unveil it. So, Brandon, first and foremost, when we started this podcast, we wanted to just kind of do our own thing and have fun with it. And we said if we ever did get any sponsors, we would want it to be products that we 1,000% believed in and we both use. Well, yeah, today's the day. We found them. We want to welcome Guts Racing, Andy Gregg and Guts Racing aboard the Splitline Off-Road Podcast family. Brandon and I both use Guts Racing uh, seat covers. Uh, do you use our seat foam or just I do. the cover? Uh, actually, I think I use both. You use both? Yeah. Man, top of the line products, top of the line seat foam, seat covers, anything that has to do with seats. Brandon, what do you think of when I say Guts Racing? I think of style you think of their style oh my goodness like when i see a bike with a guts racing seat cover on it you're just like man that thing's sick sick you know i think of the performance products i think of like when i get the the seat cover in the mail and i just feel it like man that's some nice material that grip seat that you see on that beautiful trx 450r right there yeah that thing will hold you to the seat in the muddiest of muddy races and yes (laughs) they do make quad seats a lot of guys don't know that yeah but they make 50 seats, Cobra seats, KTM seats, they, all the way up through. They make, I think, for everybody. I was looking around for my son to get one, too. If they so. made Stasic seats, no one would be on that. <laughs> Might talk to Andy, see if they do that or you not. We'll know. see. We'll never see. Know. But did you guys know that in 1985, Guts was formed in Northern California, and since then, they have been leaders in seat innovation and technology. Anything you need to improve your seat, they have got you covered. Join the likes of Thad Duvall in the woods, or Joel Hetrick on the track. These guys trust Guts, and you should too, just like we do. Uh, like I said, Andy Gregg is the man over there at Guts Racing. He's really cool to work with and talk to. Um, he's been a personal sponsor of my racing since I came back. Like I said, I got the grip uh, seat. And us Woods guys mud. got mud. Yeah. You, you, you can't get a better seat cover that's going to hold your butt to that seat. So yeah. hey, welcome aboard, Andy Gregg. Welcome aboard Guts Racing. We are super proud to have you guys on the podcast and uh, – uh, looking forward to an awesome relationship from here on out. Yeah, so, sure. Brandon, who's your racing this weekend? That was a 
good race. But first, I almost forgot. Yeah. We got to talk about fantasy, That's don't right. we? Real quick, got to wrap up the fantasy season of Supercross uh, on the Rocky Mountain side. Uh, Jay Groff, 660. Uh, Justin Groff, he pulled that one off. And uh, so uh, Justin sent us a, a shirt size and a um, address. Uh, yes. Justin Groff, as much as it get. pains me to send you a T-shirt, <laughs> we're going to. <laughs> and then uh, just to round off the top five, I'll do uh, MX Mom, 746. She came in second. Um, Jacob, five. Uh, he came in third. He uh, Big rebound for him. And then uh, WFO Grasshopper, round off number four. Um, and then Gross Whispering Eye, I don't know what happened to him. He was he was bad on up there and dropped back to fifth. So oh, man, did the pressure get to him like it got to Roxon? It must have. <laughs> yeah, I tell you. He was he was coming strong. So I'm looking at the Palpa Mex fantasy and Kyler Murray. You must not be focusing on your quarterbacking skills too much because you're killing it in fantasy. You dropped around and you still beat us. So, buddy, make sure uh, and that's actually uh Kyle Murray. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> buddy, uh, we, send us your shirt size and your address, and we'll be sure to send you out that uh, split line off-road shirt, man. Thanks for playing with us again, and thanks to everybody that played with us this year. It was a lot of fun. And just remember, Pulp, uh, for moto, motocross, um, I think we're still going to be running the motocross yes, uh, which, the league. So we are still running for motocross, Yeah, and – that gives new people an opportunity that didn't know about our league to jump on board. So make sure you do that when it comes to the uh, professional motocross season to jump on our uh, – does Rocky Mountain do it? Rocky Mountain does it, no, right? No, no, Rocky Mountain no, does not do pulp. it. Okay, so make sure you go over and jump on our Pulp MX League. You can play for free or you can pay to play and be available to win – Pulp's pulp prizes, prizes. yes. So, uh, yeah, we're really excited about that. So uh, I guess now – we can talk about some GNCC racing, correct? Yep. We'll talk about Supercross Cross at the later. end yeah. of the show because yeah. we got to get Stu on. That's right. So, Motoville, are you ready to go GNCC racing? Ten seconds. And row number one, the XC1 Pro, will be off and rolling at the Hoosier GNCC. Green flag waves. He held that flag for a second, he did, didn't he? Just a little bit. Didn't he? Nobody jumped. <laughs> That's amazing. Nobody jumped this time. That's awesome. So, uh, <laughs> hey, guys. Awesome racing this weekend. Uh, both ATV and dirt bikes. We were watching on Racer TV. Awesome broadcast again, guys. And, uh, yeah, man, let's just talk some GNCC racing. Let's get our featured guest on the line first and foremost, though, Stu Baylor. Yep. We are very proud to get him on the line and uh, chat with him, see what's going on. All right, we're back. As promised, uh, Stuart Baylor is on the line. Uh, this week's GNCC winner, winner of four straight in a row. Man, is absolutely killing it. Stu, thanks for coming on, buddy. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, man, so uh, – Dude, you've been on a roll here at the GNCC lately and at the uh, Fast Sprint Endures, man. We, uh, uh, ever since you swung a leg over that Yamaha, it just seems like a new added confidence in your riding, man. And uh, uh, we, we're here for it because uh, uh, all, of the, uh, all the fans are here for, for Stu Baylor, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it was, it was uh, last year laying in the hospital bed, I decided that I was going to, I was going to come back different. I studied studied what Caleb had been doing to us, and um, you know, it's just uh, 
just a different mindset completely than I've had in the past. And um, rather than lining up and going in fighting for wins, I'm lining up and knowing that I'm going to win. Um, and it's not necessarily it's not necessarily trying to come in um, searching for something. It's it's coming in knowing you've already got it. So um, I think the the biggest part of the biggest part of Caleb's gains in the previous years was his his mental side so um he just knew that he could beat us every week and that's what he did and when you came in last year back to the mountaineer uh when you won that first race i know you came in and you're kind of like oh, i want to you know just fill it out and you know hopefully do the best i can but like since then it's like you can see that confidence in you uh at every single race it just it just seems like you're just like oozing with that confidence and like knowing that you're the man to beat uh, deep down. So uh, that's awesome. And, and it definitely shows and it shows that it's working for sure. And uh, um, maybe it's the chip, the, a chip on a shoulder, like, you know, people doubting you or, or just a sheer will to win, whatever it is, man, it is working. Yeah, definitely. I've, I've, uh, you know, it was, it was tough. Like, Last year, all the all the shit that happened, um, it was it was tough to kind of come back from that. So I knew that when I came back, you know, it, it was it was kind of pissing me off. I mean, I talked to guys from the time that from the time that the Sherco guys called and said that they were terminating my contract. Like I, I had been contacting team after team, and I heard lie after lie, and. You know, and now they want to come out with this big ass bullshit Jumanji video that they're talking about how many, how many motorcycles. I forget what they call it, the year of Jubilee or bullshit they they got. So, yeah, they want to talk about how how much they've done, how many motorcycles have been sold, and all this. But last year, when a guy who you know, not trying to be cocky, but I've I've won four consecutive, three consecutive national enduro championships, been a consecutive top three rider at the GNCC's world championships in between sprint enduro championships. And they wouldn't even give me a bike to throw a leg over. Wow. Like not even talking about salary, nothing else. You know, I'm doing riding schools to fund the purchase of my own Cali. And I mean, the, the guys that I thought would have my back, every team that told me a different lie about how they were going to try to have something ready by summer break. Um, you know, that I think, I mean, yeah, I guess I do have a chip on my shoulder, and I won't forget that. Now, at the end of the day, money's money, so I'm not going to turn anything down. But <laughs> um, you know, it, it it was it was definitely definitely ridiculous the way that I was treated, especially by you know some of the companies. <laughs> one of the companies that I had worked with, ridden with since the time I was on 65s, and you know, 10 years professionally. Um, thought we had a, a a decent decent working relationship but you know clearly i was i was mistaken and the money was easier to throw at a at a xe2 rider instead so um you know i that that stuff just it chaps my ass but um it is what it is so yeah chip on my shoulder definitely yeah for sure <laughs> that would def- definitely chat my ass too too um so speaking of the yamaha uh what have you guys figured out over there because i know you know a lot of people have had issues with the Yamaha and it's never been really known for it's like woods woodsy, uh, you know, riding besides the two stroke, but what have you guys figured out over there? Um, you know, I, I think there was, I think there's a lot of things. Um, 
you know, I feel like I feel like one of the largest things was was the team didn't have a rider that that was able to win at the time. Um, and you know, it's it's just like if you've got a rider that doesn't have a mechanic that's going to put a bike under you, like nobody puts any extra work in. Um, and I think coming out and doing our own deal, you know, basically Corey McDonald, my my current mechanic. Last year, he wasn't technically my mechanic, but he was the guy coming down doing the testing, helped me with my bike. I was doing my own deal basically through the Ampro team. Um, but I think it 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 gave it gave them just that one win. I mean that that one win that first weekend completely changed how everything went um, moving forward. And I think you know it. it when you get a win, it opens up a pocketbook. If you haven't got a win in a long time, it changes things and, and it makes, makes guys a little bit, a little bit tight and a little bit tired of doing what they're doing. And, um, you know, I, I think, I think me coming away with that win had a lot to do with it and moving forward. It gave, it gave both my mechanic and myself a lot of say so. And it really just started clicking. I mean, we were, we're really free to do with things, you know, our way. And, um, I can't believe like Yamaha was the last team that I talked to, um, being from South Carolina and Corey McDonald, who's been my best friend for forever is also my mechanic now. So, um, you know, being one of the guys, the last people that we talked to, like it was, it was kind of a, a stretch. I really didn't think they would be able to do anything. And, um, you know, when this season rolled around, it wasn't, Hey, here's how it's going to be. It was, it was, Hey, what can we do to be better? Um, and you know, I, I said, well, you know, just talking to talking to riders in the past, I've heard guys say they want more suspension testing. Um, let's, let's start with that. And the guys haven't said no to absolutely any requests. I mean, it's been, the team's been super easy to work with. Yamaha's put full support behind us. Um, you know, it's it's cool. It's cool to see the Yamaha crew throwing more and more at it. And, you know, I think it was I think that first I, I mean, you could almost call it a lucky result there in West Virginia. Obviously, obviously, you got to have some skill with the race. But I mean, it was just one of those days where everything played into my favor. And I think that that one day just changed the pace for the whole team. Yeah, I mean, since then, though, you've been on a run. Like, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it was four of five at the end of last year and then four of six this so this year. So we're batting eight of 11. And one of those you didn't even race. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, 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 you can't even count that one. So, so, so yeah, eight of, ten, or eight of ten. So we're batting 80% right now, and that is That's insane. Crazy. There's no luck in that. That's skill, man. And uh, it's, uh, it's awesome to see, especially – you know, we watched the video that you put out and the stories and and the hardship that you just discussed a little bit. Um, when you get to, to 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 come back and really drive home a point, dude, I've never seen anybody drive home a point like you have lately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I I uh, I definitely I've always wanted to win, but um, I think I think I didn't always have what it take took or didn't know how to do it. Um, now I know how to do it. I've got what it takes to do it and I've got the team to support it. And, you know, I think just, just the, 
the three things all lining up, it's a it's a deadly combo. I mean, you know, just this year alone, we've won two national enduros of two. We've won two of three sprint enduros and and four of the five GNCCs that I've lined up to, and the only other one, you know, we had clutch failure. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's been it's been a, a phenomenal season, and I think uh, you know, I think it's just everything everything lining up between the team, the bike, myself, where where I am as a as a rider, my mechanic, um, and you know, the team was hungry. Um, you know, like I said, I think that first win just kind of revamped the program and, and took a took a, a team who hadn't been winning in a while to wanting to win again and and you know, a, a rider who hadn't won in a while wanting to win again and, and knowing that we could both do it together. Yeah, and then another thing that adds to that is is the fan draw that you have. Um you know, we talk about Supercross a little bit on the show. Um, and, and like over in Supercross, you have your characters. Well, in the GNCC world, you know, you're a character because uh, like you're you're a guy that the fans draw to and that that an audience wants to tune in and watch because of your personality, personality because of how you handle yourself and the way that you <laughs> the way that you carry yourself seems like a guy that you would meet out riding on a trail but just ends up happening to be one of the most badass guys on a dirt bike in the world so, <laughs> so uh talk to us a little bit about that like um you know it's cool to see you somewhere that you're able to be yourself yeah i mean that that's uh that's huge for me um you know through throughout my career i've 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 been the 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 yes sir no sir kind quiet kid i've been the the muzzled voice that you things where you shouldn't do you know oh no you shouldn't post that you shouldn't say that and um you know a few years ago i started kind of doing my own programs um after i lost the factory ktm team and i realized that by being myself i was making more money and you know it's funny uh caleb russell actually kind of bashed me for it he's like you know you could you could do better if it wasn't for your mouth and i said i said well you know what when i was injured and i had nothing going for me and i was the voice of gncc live with rodney tomlin and i had basically nothing else i was making more money than just about any rider except yourself and you know it, it was you know he's he's he was criticizing something that i had made i had built and it wasn't necessarily that I did anything extra. I just posted about it. I just posted about real life events. You know, if I'm mm-hmm. going out drinking with the boys or going fishing, it doesn't matter. I, you know, running a dozer, all, all things that people can relate with, but I'm not going to change who I am to fit your personal agenda. And I get it. That's what KTM wants. And that's where most of these guys, Caleb included, were brainwashed. I mean, you know, it's such, it is a small industry. So everything is frowned upon and, you know, you can say 10, 10 good things, but the one negative thing is always going to be, it's going to be front page news. So, um, you know, as a whole, you take in, you take into consideration if you put motocross versus baseball or golf, I mean, the, it's so much smaller. So that's why everybody is brainwashing things. That's how you have to be. And I get that, you know, you want to fit the corporate en- image, go for it. I'm not going to bash you on it. Don't bash me on what I'm doing. Um, 
you know, I'm just myself. I'm not, I'm not putting on a cowboy hat, singing country music and tramping around and, and putting on a fake show. Everything I do is real. I mean, I, I, I like to have fun. I want to have fun. I want to live my own life. And that's where, you know, I feel like most of the guys can relate. Yeah. You're at the race weekend, walk around the pit, see how many people have a cold beer in their hand. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, for, for me, I've, I've always, even on my worst years, seventh and eighth place years i was making what a lot of the other guys were making to be a podium rider and i think that it was because i had a personal relationship with my sponsors had a personal touch with the fans and you know it's it's obvious i mean you can you can see the finish line has more people at the xe1 bike finish than they have in years i mean the, it's it's uh it's cool to see and and i think you know mikey waynes and i were talking about it after our our little podcast of the day, but, um, you know, just, just changing the sport, trying to change the sport, be more eye opening. I mean, every other sport has people that can be themselves. I mean, LeBron James can get over there and, and kneel in front of the flag and still make money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> not saying I ever, ever want to be any part of that. I mean, I think that's ridiculous, but you know, just, just saying, just throwing that out there that that guy doing that shit can still make money. So why can't I be myself and, and still have a job? And that's where, you know, coming on board with Yamaha was really cool. They they did put a muzzle on me. I mean, they never even had a talk with me and said, hey, stop what you're doing. It was, it was hey, congratulations. Good ride. Um, the, the, the only thing they asked is if I put, if I would put a Yamaha koozie, um, on my beer, if I was to drink it, (laughs) (laughs) you know, they they probably saw it as a marketing, marketing, you know, you get a big fan follow and if all your fans go out and buy Yamahas, they're probably like, heck yeah, man, do whatever. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. (laughs) You, you walk through the pits at a GNCC, like I say, I mean, these guys, most the majority of the guys aren't there to try to even get a national championship. They're there to have fun. They enjoy chasing the series. They're they show up on Thursday. They take off work. They grab they grab three three cases of beer and a Yeti cooler, and they're there for the weekend, parked up, ready to go. And you know, most of these guys, there's a reason that they're not playing indoor sports or play or or video games. I mean, they're outdoor people, so. You know, the things that I do and that I post about that for whether this bowfish and grabbing a snake or, or, you know, just about <laughs> anything. I mean, running equipment. I mean, I have something to relate to with these guys. And and I think that I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to change what I'm doing and not going to hide what I'm going to post or what I'm going to say. Uh, it's just, like I said, I, I think a lot of these guys have been snowed over the years. I think. I think the the industry does need to open their eyes a little bit and realize that all the other major sports have personality, and that's one thing that we lack. I mean, I watch Cooper Webb's interview. Yeah, watch it a second time and watch it a third time. You will fall asleep by round three. <laughs> yeah, I guarantee it. And it seems like it seems like it's more on the bike side. I, I, the quads, are, you know, whatever. But it seems like more with the dirt bike industry that they, they expect you uh, to hold yourself. Uh, you know, higher standards uh, for some odd reason. I mean, I remember back when, like, J-Law and the motor, you know, was running outdoors and stuff. They were frowned upon of what stuff he was doing. And and, um, and that seems to kind of be heading on to the to the off-road side, which is kind of weird because it's always seemed to be kind of more laid back on that side. So, which it's – Yeah, like, definitely. I mean, I, I think a lot of it is, is the sales are, are definitely on the off-road side more so than moto. I mean – Yes, we're not televised. We don't get all the big views, and we don't make the money that those guys do. But 
at the end of the day, those guys are the ones that that people can see, but we're the ones that are selling the motorcycles. Yes. I mean, I think I want to say I, I've I've read the statistics before, but but you know, actually, the majority of competitive motorcycles sold in the U.S. aren't even for competition. Right. They're for guys going out trail riding, but um, behind that is off-road racing way before moto oh yeah so and you you guys are the ones that people have access to as well like you're the one that you guys are the ones that you know as big as you guys are you're you're willing to call into a rinky dink uh uh, podcast in west virginia of two guys that you don't even know and we appreciate that like but you know these guys like ken rocks and cooper webb they're so unattainable and you like Brandon talked a couple shows ago about how, you know, he took his son to a pro motocross and, and you might wait in a line for what, 40 minutes and try like three hours, try three hours <laughs> and not even get a chance to see Eli Tomac. And if he, if you do see him, he might sign your kid's t-shirt and not even look up at you. Yeah. And like, what I think is awesome about you guys is, is, and you especially is the relatability. Like I, I you know, you talk about bow fishing, running the dozer and, uh, uh, building tracks and I have all this written down to talk to you about because those are the things that people you know want to hear about and I, I watched the uh, bottleneck live show the other night and uh, um, you guys were killing like you would never hear stuff like that from from supercross guys unless they're drunk on pulp MX after they're retired <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I mean that that's uh I don't know, and and it's more or less, I guess, just me on on that. Like, I, I don't, I don't really care. I mean, at the end of the day, we're not making enough money to make a difference. Like, it. What do they? What do they want to do? Pull my ride because I said a cuss word? Like, <laughs> I mean, that's that's at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. And and these guys are so worried about that. They're they're so worried that somebody might see them drinking a beer. And I can tell you right now, I've I, I'll I'll. I'll drink a beer under the pits if I want to, you know, it's just at the end of the day, life is way too short to, to be measurable. So I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing and I'll drink beer and they can keep pedaling their bicycles and working on their speeches in front of the mirror. Heard that. So that tell you what, man, that shoals down there that you got going on looks awesome. It looks sweet. You want to talk about yeah. it, talk about it a little bit. Yeah. We spent a lot of time on that. That's uh an ongoing i think year four now um it's uh sooner or later it's it's where i want to be for retirement you know i mean most most guys go to college or or whatever start working construction to hopefully own their own company and me i i was a dirt bike racer so um you know i don't want to i see a lot of guys that get out of the sport and get into something completely different and i don't necessarily want to chase that path i think a lot of guys by the time they're done, they they start looking for job opportunities within the industry, realize that they're all low-paying jobs with a lot of travel, and they end up doing something local and and completely being away from the sport. And I don't I don't ever want to see myself there. So I've been talking about it since I was younger, since I was working with Jason Rains, and he was my trainer. Like I wanted to be the first off-road training facility and really push towards that off, off-road side um, or off-road riders. And 
and that's the that's the ultimate goal right now with the with the facility is you know we're gonna have some motocross races we've got a pretty good motocross training group right now uh, but you know we're working with like my little cousin who's one of the 65 10 to 11 class uh, a couple other riders ryan amoxio got sixth overall this weekend um some of the kids that have been down there are really starting to show out at the GNCCs, and that's what I'm hoping to tag some success on that and build build the market for off road training. I mean, it, you see it in moto. If you're not if you're not living in a training facility, you're not winning. Um, you know, over the last decade or better, you've seen the training facilities just just crushing it, and that's something in the off road where people don't spend their money quite yet. But I know it's coming, and I want to be on the on the front of that on the on the front of that when it does happen um so i don't know how much longer i'll race but as soon as as soon as the shoals really starts taking off i'll probably shift directions towards that and um kind of become the the next trainer over there yeah it's really awesome to see you setting yourself up for that next step uh like you said it's not something that you see a lot of so thinking down the road is pretty awesome and i was going to ask you um and this might be changing every day. What's more fun, riding a dirt bike or on a dozer? Because <laughs> it looks like you're having a I, lot of fun on a dozer a lot, too. I'll sit, I would sit on a piece of equipment from sunup to sundown <laughs> every day. No problem. See, now I've, I've ran a dozer a lot, and it's usually something boring, like uh, – <laughs> like foundation work or, or, or cutting the driveway in and, um, uh, look, doing what you're doing. That's the fun dozer work for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The getting, getting, getting to prep a motocross track is much more fun than grading out a pad. I mean, <laughs> I, we, we've built a supercross track, which means you're leveling, you know, 400 feet by 200 feet and spending a few days just looking at this flat pad. Mm hmm and running out grabbing your laser and making sure that your grade's right and then getting back in the dozer and cutting again and it looks like you're doing nothing for hours and hours yeah <laughs> that's pretty boring but getting you know if you if you get to get in the track and we've got we've got a big 35g or 350g john deere you get you take about 10 scoops out on that thing and push it up, and you've got a monster jump. Yeah, man, I was going to say, awesome. who, who's your test jumper? I mean, I don't know if I'd trust you to build me a jump, Stu. <laughs> I don't usually, know if i trust your riding skills to jump one of Stu's jumps. <laughs> yeah, usually I'm the test dummy, which is like I'll, I'll get in the dozer in my gear. Whenever I'm getting close to being done with the track, I'll go gear up, see how it flows, and then leave the dozer running, sitting right there by the track, and then go hit it. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we have a good time, good time with it. For sure, for sure, man. Um, now, like another thing that you've touched on before a lot is uh, your fishing. Now, I saw, at, dude, by the way, your bow fishing rig is on point. I've never been bow fishing. I've always wanted to go, but that, that rig is uh, top notch for sure. Did you, did it come off the trailer or did it come off the truck at one point in time? Did I see that? Yep. Two weeks ago. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, I hit the bottom of the hill going 70. The nut was loose on the tongue and. And the thing was still locked down when I pulled it out of the ditch, paid the kid down the road a hundred bucks to come drag it out of the ditch with the tractor, <laughs> put it back on the boat and still went fishing that night. That's amazing. <laughs> See guys, if you're not following Stu Baylor on, on Instagram, this is the gold that you're missing. So make sure you go follow him on Instagram for sure. <laughs> but, uh, let's talk about this weekend, Stu. Um, 
you you had a really good dominant race, but you ran into some trouble. Um, with when was it that you had that get off that you were talking to us about? Um, it was somewhere in the middle of the race. I want to say it was our pit lap. So lap four, um, I had a really big crash and like it was, it was one of those where, where Lane stopped to see if I was okay. Ooh, and I said, yeah. yeah. And then he like double checked. He's like, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I'm good. So, um, yeah, that was, uh, that, that took the, for a second, that took the wind out of my sails and I was like, you know what, we, I gotta, I gotta go, I gotta push through it. I mean, my, my hands were completely covered in mud, so it was really tough to hold on to the bike. Oh but, yeah. Um, you know, I. I That's dangerous I in itself pushing. too. <laughs> oh yeah, it's terrifying. You get going down a hill and your hands fall off. So, um, yeah, I, I pushed through and was able to get back into the lead there before we pitted, and um, from there, I, I, Lane and I hooked up for another two laps, and then both of us got stuck back to back there on. I think three, three from then lap, lap five, six, something like that. Um, and it was, it was like back to back. I got stuck. I fell in another mud hole right in front of, right in front of Randy's point me line and just wondering what I'm doing down there. And then, um, Lane must've got hung up right after I got freed out of that spot as well. So, um, we kind of separated and <clears throat> I had, I think two from the end, um, I get a pretty decent gap on the guys. I think I pulled it out to about 45 seconds and I just started having small issue after small issue. Just tip over here, um, hung up there, hit a lapper here. And, uh, the, the lead went from like 45 to seven and I could see those guys coming in the same section as I was already coming through. So, um, I knew it was close and I had to make that push. And that last lap, I just put my head down and kind of reset, took a breath and just nailed my marks moving forward and, um, was able to, to pull that gap back out and, and, and maintain it to the finish. Now, something you just touched on that we wanted to talk to you about is lappers is with the GNCC growing and continuing to grow as, as much as it is, like you're seeing insane numbers in the morning races, um, and I know that's where an insane lapper problem is as well, um, uh, is that becoming a growing um, – what would you call it? Pain a, in the ass. Well, yes, <laughs> but also a skill set, yeah. uh, a growing skill set that's taking to, to win these races. Um, is it becoming more and more that? I sometimes sometimes I make passes and I think it's skill. Um, <laughs> a lot of times, a lot of times it's honestly luck because you don't know what Jimmy on a CR five hundred is going to do when you come up <laughs> on it going thirty miles per hour faster than him. Yeah, and. That's where that's where the struggle lies. Is is some of these guys make sporadic moves when they realize that are behind. We're coming up behind them, and I mean, you know, it, it's it's one of those things where you could literally put a guy in a wheelchair. Yeah. And these lappers, like, I get it. We need them out there. Though they are the reason that our bills are paid. They are the reason that we get to do what we do. But most of these guys have no sense. I mean, it is literally like. <laughs> You come up on a lapper, and I want you to hold a line, but I want you to hold the wide line. Give me the inside. Right. Give me the good line. And hold your line. Keep going your same pace. If we're in an open area, do not ride in the middle. Ride, Pick a side. Like, like, 
but but no one were coming. I mean, most of these guys like they they'll come in and I've I've heard the same story. I didn't even hear you, man. Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. You can hear a pro coming over any other rider. The way that we're on the throttle, I can tell you a pro's bike when they started up, not because it sounds any different than the other guys husky 450 but the way that we rev it the way that we build our rpms every single thing we do you know when a pro's coming i mean plain and simple it's like it's like when we get done with the race and the and the line pointers are out there and they're saying oh yeah we missed you because we didn't hear you no <laughs> you missed me because you were cheering for somebody else to win like, <laughs> it, it, you know when the pros are coming i mean 100 percent. so um it is, if you can't tell, it's very frustrating. Oh, um, yeah. for sure, for sure. I'm... <laughs> it's it it's uh it, it's it's gotten to the point here this year where where they can completely change the outcome of a race, right? And have, I mean, you know, Grant Grant ripped a shifter off of the lapper there um, a couple of rounds ago, and and it's just it, it's really really annoying when they make those bad decisions or when they try to race you um that's another that's another major problem you know you you catch these guys and you know we're lapping we're lapping XE3 riders we're lapping some XE2 riders we're lapping some good A riders we're lapping A riders that are battling for a race win and sometimes they move and other times they think that you're part they're part of your race and they're going to race you to the next corner and when you're trying to do everything you can to pull away and you've already lapped these guys, which means you've gone 30 minutes faster than them yeah. in the last two and a half hours, and they think that they can race you, you're losing two or three seconds in that straightaway, yeah. two or three seconds in the next straightaway. And, and they're, I mean, they can, they can completely change the outcome of a race. I mean, those times where I was seven seconds up this weekend, you know, had I hit the wrong lapper at the wrong time, I mean, it could have changed to where rather than being seven seconds up, I was within striking distance, one bobble with a lapper, and now, you know, Kelly Michael's back in front of me. So yeah, yeah. it's uh it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty tough this season. Um and like I say, I'm not necessarily sure it's a skill because you're doing everything so blind. I mean, yes, passing is a skill, just like crashing's a skill and just like <laughs> everything's a skill, but there is so much blind luck and passing a lapper and and blind trust i mean you've got to you've got to trust that they're not going to do something sporadic and take you out i mean it's 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 pretty nerve-wracking at times when you catch a group of those guys yeah this is a conversation that we had with adam mcgill uh what a couple months ago when he was on the show and um see i'm on i'm on a quad so um, yeah, damn I, quad guys. Yeah, well, I've been, I've been okay. So at a local race, I've been in the situation where I'm the one lapping, and then you turn around and you're and you go to a national and you're the one being lapped. And and like you said, Stu, you can 100% tell the difference between bikes coming behind you. The problem with a quad is is sometimes it like. It's like, do I either bail off the hill and just bury myself, or you know, that's yeah. that's the hard thing. But I, I will say the only problem that I've ever had uh, with being a lapper is when you're in a group of riders, like four or five riders, and then a pro comes up, and it's like, oh, where did then it's like, where did you come from? But um, uh, I'm sure it has to be frustrating on that end because I've been the one. It's crazy because you know I'm sure you've never been on the other end, but but I've seen I've seen the problems of of being the lapping rider or and then the lapper so it's it's definitely uh 
an issue, especially as big as the sports are growing. And I don't know if there's a fix for it besides making the tracks 30 miles long. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I mean, honestly, I think if, if GNCC continues to grow the, the way that it has, we're going to have to have a third race. That's um, what I was thinking. Yeah. You know, I don't think that it's getting to the point where I don't even think that it's a question of, of, of if, it's just when. And, you know, I think it's, I think it's something that will be talked about moving forward. And it may be, you know, it may become a three day weekend. Um, and I don't think that would hurt. I mean, there's a lot of guys that show up Friday anyway. So, um, you know, I, I, I just don't see, I don't see, I don't see anything else really that's going to help. I mean, there's, you know, you can't go to a 30 mile track. You, yeah, you can't, yeah. you'll never find the venue for it. Right. Um, right. And if you do, you'll find one or two, not 13. So, um, could you, you imagine know, I, that I sweep, only... <laughs> sweeping the riders yeah, off that track? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that's another thing, you know, you got the one guy that gets stuck out there for four hours on a 30 mile loop. I mean, we already have guys <laughs> that take two hours to do a 12 mile loop. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's the only option that I, that I see would be, Adding a third race, um, you know, this is probably going to start a rumor. Just, just saying that, but, <laughs> but you know, that's that is that is the only option that I that I see that that could help. And you know, it's it, it may not be this year, it may not be next year, but I I do think that that's something they're going to have to do in the near future. Yeah, I mean, especially when you're getting like what a thousand entries, like an AM and stuff, and that's just un, un- mind-boggling. Of, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's too yeah. many. <laughs> <laughs> so, with the the races being that uh, chaotic and crazy, what I think is pretty insane is Brandon. How good are you at math? Um, average. <laughs> this man's doing math, knowing where every every pro is on the track, especially the ones that he's competing with for the championship. He's just worried about Ben Kelly while he's racing. <laughs> I've pitted before, and his brother, and his brother, and his brother. I've pitted before, and I can't even get a sentence out to my family, let alone do math in my head while I'm riding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shoot. Yeah, I I tell the guys to tell me where the other guys are on the pit board. So this weekend, I saw. BK fifth, BK six, BK fourth, BK third, BK coming. Oh. So, um, yeah, I, I, I kept an eye, you know, I, I, I keep, I continue thinking about, about my point situation. So, um, you know, it's one of those things you just can't like for me as a, as a rider, I mean, that's, you know, the ultimate goal is that championship taking over that point sleep. So how is Thanksgiving going to end up this year if you and you and uh, little bro uh, get into a points battle at the end? <laughs> well, it's happened at the National Enduros quite a few years, so um, I, it'll it'll be it'll be okay. <laughs> it'll be okay. <laughs> it's it's really awesome to see brothers like that racing at the highest level. I don't know of any other. I mean, I don't know of any other professional sport. Uh, current, I know there's a couple brothers in the NFL together, but uh, uh, to see besides them besides the Martin brothers, yeah, in the Martin brothers yeah. as well. But it, you know, we didn't get to see much of them this year at all. <laughs> uh, so it's it's cool to see you and Grant be able to do that. And and one of the coolest moments of the season is seeing you running behind him at the end of the race uh, on the in the opener whenever he won. Um, that was probably one of the coolest moments I've ever seen for sure. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I mean, being being uh, 
being able to do what both of us are done, have done. I mean, even in 2014, we stood we stood um, on the same podium to win the the junior world championship and Argentina. So um, you know, we share world championships, national championships, um, even race wins. Our both of our first GNCC race win, same event. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely cool. I mean, I think. I think Grant's still got a little bit more maturing to do before we see him competing at the GNCCs for a championship, but never want to count him out. I mean, he can still come through this year. I think, uh, I think he's just got to figure out the entire race and put it together on his own time. And that's, uh, that's, that's kind of where, you know, it took me a while to figure out and, um, he's getting closer to the front now more consistently. So he'll know what it takes sooner or later. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it, it can still definitely come down to it this year if he if he starts clicking soon. So, so the herd, the rumor might be if you have a big enough points lead, so you might be on a quad, right? Yeah, let's talk about that. And so, when I, I was sitting there thinking after I heard that, I was like, you know, if Walker Fowler gets a big enough points lead on his, you guys both ride Yamaha, so switch bikes at last race. Yeah, there we go. Ballard, right? I, I would do it if I if I could get the championship done early. I think that would be that would be pretty pretty cool. I mean, I think it would be far fetched to wrap up a championship <laughs> with the with the hole that I put myself in here at the start of the year. But um, you know, if if the if everything lined up, if the stars lined up, and it was, it was able to happen, um, you know, lining up lining up on a quad, it would be something that I. Could, at least like to say that I've done, um, you know, Barry Hawk, Barry Hawk was able to win on both. I doubt anybody will be able to back that up, but, um, yeah. it'd be cool to just, you know, even, even compete on it. How much experience do you have on a quad? Zero. Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> hey, it's just, it's just a couch. No big deal. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to him. See, Brandon and I, we both grew up racing quads, and now he's a dirt bike rider, and he thinks he's he thinks he's the shit now. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, some uh, some some people grow up. Some people. Oh. <laughs> see. see? Uh. Hey. Hey. Okay. Okay. Uh, shoot. <laughs> so uh, before we let you off here, I want to ask you: we on your Instagram stories this weekend, you had a golden video of Travis Pastrana. Take us through what was he even trying to do? Jump that gap. <laughs> I honestly don't know. I mean, the <laughs> the phone does no justice as to what that was. That was. That was the spot where Lane and I got stuck. Okay. Lap five. So, um, yeah, that was a straight up creek bank that was probably five foot tall, and there was no braking bump, there was no lip, there was nothing, and he jumped from a from the other side and just completely splattered into it. And I don't know why I had my phone up when I did or. Didn't even know that he was coming. Like I, I had just pulled my phone up, was going to pull up an Instagram story because Rachel Archer had just got buried in that hole. So I was like, wait for the next victim. So yeah. I see, I see this guy come ripping up on a two-stroke. Pull my phone up. Happens to be Pastrana, and he just never. He like doesn't slow down, and I'm like, he's gonna go over the road when he hits his bank for sure. And then he just completely preloads, pulls up on the bars, and I'm like, no. No way did that just happen in front of my eyes. Like, <laughs> what was he thinking? I mean, it's one of those things, like, 
you wouldn't like as a as an off road pro. I wouldn't look at that and say that it was even possible to get as far over as he did. And I think if he would have been a little more balanced on his landing, he would have stuck it. So if he sticks it, it do you impressive. try it? <laughs> if he if he sticks that, do you try it? If he would have stuck it, I still wouldn't have even considered it. Because <laughs> so when I watched the video, I was like, "Wow, that was insane!" And then the next video, you showed a bike going over, and I was like, "Oh, there was nothing there. It was like yeah. a BMX bunny hop." <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. I was, I was, it was mind-boggling. Did not know how he pulled that one off. Absolutely, absolutely amazing. Perfect timing. Save that video forever. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got it saved. He, he texted me last night and made sure I sent it to him. So he's got the one on. I think he put it up today without without the without the whatever I had to say on that. Yeah, the caption. Yeah, yeah. That 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 was amazing, and uh, we're happy that you got that for sure. Um, those guys, him and Ryan Sipes coming out and racing that was a huge draw and and then just showing how bad how bad girls the riders are the the, the pro women yeah. that ryan sipes still only finished third overall that's insane <laughs> yeah yeah i i uh i was thinking the same thing i was wondering if if Ryan was still hung over, if the girls were that fast. <laughs> Either way. Well, you know, they did travel yeah. all night, guys. They ran a TT race the night before. Either, all night. either way, either way, those, either way, those girls will be able to take uh -oh. that for the rest of their life. And oh, just those girls like, are yeah. fast. That, oh, yeah, oh, my for gosh. sure. <laughs> I've heard rumors that we might see the girls line up hey. in the PM race. I've heard that as well, and – because I, you know, they have insane problems with lappers, um, so that would be awesome. You, you talk about a skill set. I'm sure they have an amazing skill set with lapping people. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, actually one of them has a horn, an air horn on her bike. Yeah, there you go. Hey, <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do, right? Be like, I still don't hear you. What's that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not letting Love no girl pass me. <laughs> So, hey, Stu, we're gonna we're not gonna keep you on here any longer. We appreciate you coming on the podcast and chatting with us for for a while. But we have one question that we ask everybody before we let them off, and it's uh, it's probably the hardest question of the podcast. If you could only pick one fast food restaurant and one candy to eat for the rest of your life, what would it be? Uh, peanut M Ms and Chick Fil A. Absolutely. That's that's my two as well. That's awesome. <laughs> awesome. Hey, Stu, dude, we really appreciate your time today and appreciate you coming on the podcast. Um, it was uh, an honor having you on here, and uh, we look forward to having you on again sometime. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, man. All Thanks, right. guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> All right. See you. Later. There it is, man. That was Stu Baylor. Thanks to him again for coming on and uh, uh, – shooting the crap with us yeah. on the podcast we appreciate it and that was awesome man for sure he gave us a lot of uh information in that one for sure huh yeah yeah some stuff uh didn't know and it's pretty cool to hear from the from a guy that's uh been through it all absolutely been through it all one thing i forgot to talk to him about was the gash in his back yeah and that incident and how gnarly that was uh but we've we've heard him talk about that on other stuff um uh we were talking before the podcast that how we uh we listen to the bottleneck live show and if you guys haven't make sure you go to listen to that one uh that was awesome as well uh i messaged mikey waynes and i was like dude thanks a lot <laughs> Stu's coming on our party we can never top that one that's right yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah that's awesome make sure you guys go back and listen to that but let's first our first segment 
of the podcast, sponsored to you by Guts Racing. We're going to go with the gutsiest move of the weekend. And how could it be anything other than Travis Pastrana, Travis Pastrana trying to send that gap that Stu got on camera? So, yeah, that's the uh, guts racing gutsiest move of the of the weekend for sure. Yeah. Brandon, do you have anything for the gutsiest move? You know, I don't, I don't want to bring it up, but, I, you know, Stu with the, with the burnout on the uh, – uh, unquote, yeah. unquote, uh, uh, podium there. Uh, he kind of found a little loophole. Uh, I don't know if anybody's protesting or not, but, but <laughs> he did it on the, he did it on the trailer, on the trailer, on, on the, the wood. He didn't do it on the, on the pretty little, uh, vinyl, vinyl there. So, yeah. So that's your, uh, that's, that's your guts racing gutsiest move of the weekend for sure. So let's go and cover the, the rest of the, uh, bike, bike race. Um, yeah, start off with, uh, Jordan Ashburn pulling the whole shot. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then it, uh, Jordan Ashburn ended up, uh, where he ended up finishing fifth. So he, you know, just a, a really good solid day for him as well. Um, Let's uh, Ben Kelly. He ended up finishing second, and as Stu was saying, he was charging towards him at the end of the race, and that's somebody that Stu is definitely need to make up points on. Um, I believe now the points gap the points gap is only ten points, uh, five points per race. So It'd be down to five because it was ten points going into that race. It was ten points going yeah. into the race, so it's now five. Yeah, it's getting closer. Stu's coming. So that's He's for coming. sure. Uh, I'll tell you what. Big shout out to Lane Michael. What a good ride he put great in. Ride. First great ride. First podium of the year. Yep. So. Yep. Lane Michael had a heck of a ride. Shout out to the uh, hometown racer, uh, <clears throat> and uh, you know he he was able to hang with Stu for a lot of that race, like like Stu was talking about, and and you know they really put on a show at the yeah. beginning of the race. Uh, I know he had a couple of uh, tip, tip 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 overs and maybe got some hung hung up in some uh, some lap riders, but uh, yeah, definitely a good ride for him. And uh, Thad Duvall, man, I'll Coming tell you back. what, he was he's on the show there not too long ago and uh, said he – Shameless plug, if you have not listened to our <laughs> Thad Duvall interview, go back, what, two episodes? Two episodes, yeah. Episode 32 and listen to the Thad Duvall interview. That's a good one for yeah. sure. But he had a heck of a ride. He did, yeah, and it looks like he's uh, making his way back up to the podium. Uh, if he can keep that going and, and man, maybe we'll start seeing him top of the box. You know, never know. Yeah, and what about Strang, man? Did you see what happened? happened to him I didn't. oh man he had i think he had his chain come off like the chain god broke or something like that he was not happy um that's just been his kind of year dude it's been a terrible year for, for him he's had a lot of issues with the bike and nothing to his own fault or the or, or, or the team's fault it just seems like he's either ran into a lap rider just something yeah, just some bad luck has struck him so many rounds and he was uh he was uh, unfortunately on the bad end of that again. He pulled into the pits and um, he was not happy. He didn't want the cameras around. He was not happy about that. So uh, unfortunately, that was how his day went. Um, but let's go over to the uh, ATV side. Yeah, yeah, man. Man, I tell you what. We we thought it was done and over. Fowler pulls a whole shot and and uh, gets out front and starts walking away with it a little bit. Uh, yep. And then Bryson Neal came back charging. Uh, did you listen to uh, Did you listen to Walker's interview after the race? I did. He was he was he was less than impressed <laughs> with uh, <laughs> with the bike. <clears throat> he's uh, said that he's felt like a sea rider could beat him right now. He oh, said wow. he was going to sell the bike and start <laughs> over again. So um, yeah, that was uh, a, t a tough race for him. You want to be able to see him 
and Bryson do battle when 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 they're both at their best. Uh, yeah. That's the battle that you want to see for sure. That's the battles that you see coming down to the finish line, and those guys just just hauling. Um, so it was a bummer to see him. Um, but I tell you what, Hunter Hart. Yeah, Hunter Hunter was keeping Fowler uh, uh, like in check there for like what the first two or three laps, two laps I think. And um, keeping him honest. Yep, Hunter said at the at his uh, podium interview as well that he appreciated uh, Walker. He threw the tow hook out and set sail with Walker. Yeah. And uh, man, is there a better person to learn from? No, I honestly. Mean, yeah, I mean that's you know. You're I tell you what, Hunter champ. Hart is is actually a- absolutely making strides this year. Uh, he's currently sitting second in the points. Um, he's learned, He's running with those guys, which means when you run with those guys, you learn that pace, yeah. you get more comfortable with that pace, you see the lines those guys are using, and I'm sure he would say the same thing. So he's he's got to be really happy with his performance this year. He has uh, Mark Notman, which is Walker. We heard that we heard Walker say that on the podcast a few weeks ago uh, that <clears throat> Mark is, is also assisting with uh, Hunter Hart's bike. So – He's got a trusted bike. He's able to to push the bike to its limits and push himself to his limits, and he's doing really well. So sh- shout out to him for sure. And then the man of the hour, Bryson Neal. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, he you know we heard from him last week on, while he was on the show, and uh, uh, you know he said you know he believes he can win, and you know, I'll tell you what, he's uh, he's definitely shown that he you know he's the a guy that it's in contentions each and every week uh, to come out and win, and uh, you know seems like it his bike stayed together pretty good this week and that's been a big issue for him you know is keeping his bike uh, together and and not having any breakdowns and stuff like that so it was great to see uh, brace and neil get out there and give uh, give the fans a show um coming through the pack like that that's very hard to do um make moves in the woods and, and and like we heard from Stu, you know get around guys that are slower than you or whatever and through lap riders and and uh, keep keep it going for obvious reasons. It's tougher on a quad too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know, like you were saying, like he's really been on a tear this year. He's having, I would say, to date, his best season of his career. Um, he he has three race wins, two races where he has had mechanical issues and dropped out, and then the other the other race he's finished second, and that was the barn burner. Uh, I believe it was in South Carolina. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think so. Where you, where him and Walker battled to the finish line, and we talked about that a few weeks ago as well. Um, <clears throat> and he came into the finish like literally on Walker, trying to make a move at, coming into the uh, coming into the finish line. So, uh, yeah, Bryson, you know he he's sitting at 115 points, and Walker's at 161 points. So it's going to be a tough ask yeah. to stay in this championship hunt, but he's putting himself in position to to keep the dream alive and to keep that pressure on walker and if nothing else to make the racing as interesting as it can possibly be um you know we talked about before how walker welcomes these competitions and i i do believe that for sure uh because he's create he has built the monster of the sport that it is and 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 bryson has really taken that and 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 created his own style of racing uh doing it as well you heard bryson on the podium talk about how he had like you said problems with lappers getting through them and everything um but i'm really interested interested to see in the next round what Walker's able to come out and do because, you know, he talked about when he was on the podcast last, talked about how the two weeks between the first and second round, he had a lot of motivation and a lot of uh, uh, 
he said he was a bear to be around for those two weeks. And it just seemed like like that that pissed offness, uh-huh. if you will, <laughs> brought him into a new realm of of even like the, the then he went on and won three straight. Yeah. So Yeah, I mean you know, Walker, you know, like you said, he doesn't like the bike. You know, that that dude's gonna be working on that thing, trying to figure out what what's going on, get it back to where he is the next couple of weeks, and uh, he's go, he's going to go back to the drawing board and and, and give something for Bryson Neal to uh, try to keep up with. Um, definitely don't count Walker Fowler out for sure. Oh, absolutely not. Because uh, uh, like I said, if we know him well, he's uh, he's at home trying, coming up with a new plan, new strategy, um, figuring out what went wrong with the bike or where where he went wrong. Uh, it could have just been a simple uh, little shock, you know, set up with the shocks or something, because uh, no one really knew what they were getting themselves into coming in this Ironman with the track being a little different and, and uh, wh- how it was going to set up and play. But uh, I'll tell you what, uh, Cole Richardson, man, he, you he know, finished he's fourth, fourth yeah. place, yeah, coming up through, and uh, he's a guy. I think these next couple of rounds is going to is going to be a guy that's going to be. Uh, up here on that podium, being a a podium contender each and every round, especially coming up on the Mason Dixon race in High Point, um, and I tell you what, Austin Abney, I thought I had him pegged. He was he, he was, was up there. He got a good start, man. He was running running fourth. I was like, oh man, I called it. I called it. Well, he finished the first lap, which we all know the first lap was a super short yeah uh, lap. I think it was only a seven to eight minute lap time, and he he was in third place going in or coming out of the first lap. So he definitely. He yeah. definitely had the speed to get up there, but then he dropped clear back to ninth. Maybe something happened. happened. I'm not sure, yeah. but uh, um, you know that is his home track. And 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 the guys on the Racer TV broadcast were talking about how they were not surprised to see him up there. And you your call. I mean, <clears throat> you weren't wrong. He has the speed yeah. there, and he knows the track, and he knows the facility. Just remember, we go back there one more time. We so. go back there one more time. That's for sure. And I think that's somebody that that you're gonna you're gonna see him get better as the year goes on. Like we talked about at the beginning of the season, he was somebody that had trouble um, had trouble getting into race shape because he didn't get to train that much this off season. I think he said at the beginning of the season, but um, you know, uh, I just looked at the lap times and back to Cole Richardson, he came through in that first lap in 11th place. Oh wow. So he had, so he his, had, work a lot of work. Cut, he had his work cut out for him for sure. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, Adam McGill, uh, he got a good start. Um, he was, I think he was pretty good. And then he had some bike issues. Um, I was listening to his, uh, uh, race cap review there he always does on uh, Facebook and uh, he was saying that he battled it all week he got there for, I think it was like Thursday or Friday he pulled in and and uh, they couldn't figure it out and he was pretty stressed out about it and um, it was a big issue that he was dealing with and uh, he thinks it might be a fuel problem he thought it was electrical at first but um, he had some issues there and uh, uh, I guess the bike shot off on him like halfway in, like the first mile or something like that into the track. So yeah, he uh, finally got it started up, and then he had some issues throughout the race. And uh, he said this wasn't a very good weekend for him, but uh, they're going to get it figured out and get back out there. And, and, and you know, as as Adam said in our podcast, he was trying to make chicken salad out of chicken crap, and yeah. <laughs> he he was running fifth, sixth for a lot of the race, and then dropped off towards the tail end uh, due to issues like that. But how about 
John Glotta Jr. He yeah. finished uh, fifth overall, uh, was running fourth for much of the race until um, <clears throat> until Cole got him. But hats off to him for a yeah. great ride. That's a that's an ascending star of the sport. Uh, that's that's really showing that he's got the speed. Uh, Jared McClure finished sixth. Uh, he was somebody else that had to work his way up. He's fin- he's, he came through on the first lap in eighth place. Um, Borsch in seventh. Adam McGill eighth. Uh, Devin Feehan. That's the yeah. name that we haven't heard up there in the top ten uh, much this season. But hats off to him for a good ride as well. Um, and that's somebody else that uh, uh, he came from 14th after lap one. So yeah. So he's got the speed. He's a young guy that um, just has to figure it out. I, when I think of him – uh, the first time I really noticed Devin was the, was at uh, High Point when he got the hole shot, and then he clicked off a couple of hole shots last year. So that was really cool to see. Hopefully, he can get back to that form and get that. Uh, no, he's not on a Honda anymore. He's in a Yamaha. <laughs> I remember, uh, yeah. McGill talked about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and then uh, Wesley Wolf uh, rounding out the podium or rounding out the top ten. Yeah. So those guys are hauling up there. That's for oh, sure. Oh man, they're so they're so freaking fast and. Uh, like I said, uh, hats off to Bryson Neal and Walker Fowler and Hunter Hart. And uh, uh, those three guys, I think, are going to be – if you throw Cole Richardson in there, you got four guys that are going to be battling each and every weekend. Yeah. And uh, I think we go to John Pinton next, right? Yes, go to John Pinton next. And then after that is – Mason. Mason Dixon. We will be at the <laughs> Mason Dixon round. So yeah. uh, Keep an eye out for us. Keep an eye out for us. We'll be the guys walking around. <laughs> 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 so um, let me ask you, Brandon – how late did you stay up Saturday night? Uh, Ten o'clock. Literally watched the first half of a heat race, and I was like, "Can't nah, do it." It's a long day, dude. We went to. I woke up early that morning. Yep. Took my boy to Breezewood, two and a half hour drive, and then what, let him skating? ride. Yeah, and then <laughs> came back, had a party with you guys, a little rollerblading. Let him do that, and then we got home. We washed the bikes, got them all cleaned up. And uh, shoot, man! And by the time I ate dinner, sat down, races came. I was like, I want to watch these races, and then I was like, Nah, nah! I was watching oh, them in the morning. I was doing one of those all night long. I was doing one of those. Okay, I'm falling asleep, yeah. but I'm looking. Okay, okay, Coop's in the lead. Okay, you know, <laughs> it was one of those, but uh, not really anything championship wise uh, to to talk about. Those no. are kind of wrapped up. As well. what, Did you take anything out of the weekend though? The two fifty class was interesting. Uh, man, the heat race when, I, when Hunter Lawrence shoved uh, Cooper, uh, Justin Cooper, yeah. out on the start. I was yeah. like, oh <laughs> shoot, here we go, man! It's gonna get interesting, you know. Yeah. And then uh, Jet, Jet has some good battles, and uh, uh, it was it was pretty cool. Him and Shimoda had a good battle at the heat race, and and uh, I tell you what, the main event for the two fifties was was pretty cool too. I mean, uh, Colt Nichols got out front, and he looked like he was gonna pull it away, and then here come freaking Jet Lawrence. Uh, Pretty much telling him, you know, no way, dude. This is this is my race, and uh, track was kind of short, but it was interesting. There were some passing passing spots on it. I was I was kind of surprised about, but uh, what do you think about it? <sighs> Tell you what, I had to fell asleep, so I have I don't <laughs> think no, I'm not thinking much. But so, no, no, honestly, what I'm thinking about it though, looking at the 250 class. I'm not even really thinking about Supercross right now. I'm thinking about how excited I am for the battle in Moto uh, uh, in the outdoors. I think that those guys, it's going to be a really good year. And a lot of people have already given the championship to uh, Martin, Jerry Martin. Yeah. 
I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know, I mean, man. He's gonna he's gonna have a tough test with those Lawrence brothers. You got Colt Nichols that I'm not gonna sleep on. Um, the the Lord, Hunter Lawrence and Jet are the two guys that I'm expecting. And then you got Austin. Hunter's Forkner. an outdoor. Yeah, Austin Forkner's coming back. Yeah, but Hunter's an outdoor guy. Yeah, he's and not look an how guy. good he's doing indoors. indoors yeah. and he's so, healthy. That, he's that healthy. we know of. That we know of. Well, he looked healthy. Yeah, I mean, Jet's the indoor guy. Well, of the two, I mean, they're both. Very well-rounded riders, and I'm looking for a lot from them this coming summer. Um, I can't wait to see McAdoo do his shenanigans over the <laughs> in the outdoors. That that kid is is a wild man. Um, yeah. Hopefully, he I'll stays safe. <laughs> Nate Thrasher, Thrasher, uh, uh, he's, he's an outdoor guy. More. What's your take on Thrasher skipping the last round? Hey, I mean. You got to do what you got to do. You know, you got to make money. If you listen to Paul, P- I know. <laughs> you know, they might not like it, but dude, that, that's how you make your money. I get it. That's no, how you. Yeah. That's how you feed your family. That's how you keep it, your. Uh, until they change the rules, you're going to have people exploiting the rules, and there's nothing J-Mart wrong with did that. It. J-Mart yeah, Jmart's been doing it. Yeah, I mean, that's what you got to do. If if there's no rides opening up for these guys, they're not going to say, "Well, yeah, I'm going to go starve for the next year." I mean, who who does that? No yeah. one's going to do that. Nope. You know? Yeah. Um. So I don't blame them. I mean, I understand they got to feed their family. I mean, look how long Martin Davalos was in the 250s, and exactly. Um. Then he went and now he's retired, and, retired. and he, he he's made himself a nice s uh nest egg, Big. I'm sure. Yeah. And, and and that's just what these guys got to do to make money because. And you know what's funny? Speaking of money, how interesting is it <laughs> that Jason Anderson and um, Jason Anderson and uh, uh, Plessinger, those guys were sending it that last or that third quarter of the season, correct? Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure they got deals signed, and now they're kind of like, eh, eh. let's just send it at home. <laughs> Dude, Jason Anderson and Barsha. Did you see those? That was an awesome I was like, battle. oh, no, don't take each other out because I was rooting for Anderson because and, he was guys coming. That, that's two guys that you want to see battle a lot. It just doesn't seem like it ever really uh, oh, manifested in anything. I'm but, sure they're both are like, dude, just lay off of me. Just just let it go. We got outdoors coming. Like You want to see Barsha ride like Bam Bam. All you got to do is touch him. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he just turns into – he he's like the guy who's like – Thank God somebody just hit me so I can blame it on that. <laughs> I can just send it now. I'm curious to see how he does outdoors because he's always a good outdoor he's rider. He's an outdoor rider, and, and if he's um, more comfortable on the gas gas, he could be a contender for yeah. sure. Let me ask you a question. Do you think – what is the percentage pie? I know you love percentage pie. What's the percentage pie that we see um, that we see uh, uh, Roxon lining up in the outdoors? Oh, gosh. Um I say right now we're probably 60-40 he doesn't. 60-40 he does not. He does not. I'm with you, unfortunately. Dude. I, I just don't think his body can handle uh, – I mean, he, he, he seemed to be okay. He didn't say nothing about sickness and all through the season. But uh, You look at his wrist, both yeah. of his wrists, yeah. and you look what he has on his arms to keep his wrist from – yeah, I'm guessing, like I'm guessing he has strength issues in those wrists oh, for sure. him to have those braces. Of, of course he does, right? Yeah. Of yeah. course. What the man has been doing is, is is superhuman, to be honest with you. Yeah. From what he's went through, and I really hate that even us we've given him a hard time, but it's just where it's where we're at in this sport, 
and I, he's been very forthcoming with his his health issues and what he's went through. But unfortunately, unfortunately, with that, he's gotten like well, he's a crybaby, or he all he he always has excuses. But I tell you what, man, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm with you. I would not be surprised to see him sit out the outdoors. I really hate to say that because I believe he's a and it's it's not what I believe. He is a better outdoor rider than he is a supercross rider. Oh yeah, for sure. So I want to see him out there and and, and battling, um, battling for the outdoor championship. Um, I'm interested to see how Cooper Webb does. What about that race? What about Cooper Webb? Yeah, I this mean, past weekend, he didn't have to win. He had to finish 19th. So you're talking about him winning. I was thinking, how about how classy of an act was is Chase Sexton for not. Chase had a couple spots where he could have took Cooper out. Like, definitely could have shoved, you know, took his will out or something like that. Uh, so I, I threw my hats off to him uh, and the Honda team. They were pretty classy, uh, pretty class act. At the same time, out. Chase is, in my opinion, Chase is not necessarily thinking that he's going to be second fiddle on that team for too long. Yeah. So Chase could probably care less about Roxon's. Well, you know, sometimes you get I team get orders. Well, team orders, I get you it. Know. And let me uh, let me say this: Had Roxon been right there with Coop, and and had they been separated by four points, five points, yeah, then I think I think all bets are off, and I think we got a lot of team um, team situations going on. Speaking of team situations, did you see that Moto Spy the last one? I don't uh, think I've seen at it the yet. last Moto Spy. I think it was one of the Atlanta rounds, and Cooper Webb was sitting there um, on the gate right beside – it was definitely one of the Atlanta rounds. I think it was the second Atlanta round. Webb was sitting there right beside Roxon, and uh, he looks over at Carlos, his mechanic, and he says, hey, tell tell 25 he needs to go line up beside on the other side of Roxon. <laughs> and Carlos was like Car- – Carlos was like, 25? He said, yeah, go tell, go tell him. <laughs> and he did. And he did. And he did. <laughs> now, you know – that's not really, you know, that's not much. That's just a gate. But, yeah, you know, I mean, you, you know what they're them. doing. They're pinching. Pension. They're yeah. pinching them. <laughs> and, and, and all's fair in love and racing, yeah. man. I'm telling you. Um, but uh, putting a staple on that championship, yeah. Cooper Webb wanted to leave no doubt, no doubt that he was the man of 2021 Supercross. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's right now there's nobody that's better. Uh, than race strategy, uh, speed, um, anybody right now. Uh, even if we had the old Eli Tomac, I, I don't think he would be consistent enough to as Cooper is uh, through the races. That uh, he had, you know, Tomac obviously has a speed, but he was never consistent. Even last year, he almost lost the championship to Webb uh, after everything else. You take out Arlington twenty twenty. Webb's when, three time. When when Webb had a crash, Webb's a three time champion. Yeah. Changed my mind. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I'm right there with you. I mean, Cooper Webb is uh the outdoors, I don't think he'll do very well. Um I, I think don't he'll know. be a me- mediocre guy. I mean, if you always look at it like it seems like anybody that wins a championship indoors Lately. can't can't Lately. carry it over. Which I mean, you the just last want... guys that we saw do that though was Dungey and Villapoto. Those guys did do it. Yeah, I mean, but you know, you're looking at what eighteen weeks, uh, eighteen races in Supercross now. Then you get a, like uh, this year, getting a little bit bigger break. But usually, it's like one or two weeks, and you're back like you know with another thirteen weeks, another yeah. thirteen well, rounds got, of races. Well, they got almost a month of a break, I guess. Three weeks. Like, three weeks. Three weeks. But it's like four weekends, I think. 
Is it four weekend? I think the fourth weekend they're racing. Okay, so yeah. there you go. So so four, almost four full weeks. Then. Yeah. So, but but Webb is somebody that loves proving you wrong. Yeah. And and he and there's been a lot of talk about how ah he won't be an outdoor contender. I don't think he's going to have the Supercross Championship hangover like he did in 2019. I think that he's going to come out with more guns of blazing um, and more points to prove. Just like we just talked to Stu Baylor. Dude, that guy has had that so much to prove. Yeah. He was already a great rider. But you'll never know the true answer to this. But how many races does he, does he win if he doesn't have all those points to prove? Talking about Stu Baylor. Oh, yeah, obviously. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. He may he may have won one all, all oh, eight of yeah. the last ten races that he's been in, as far as GNCC goes, and then all the sprint endures as well. But these riders, they thrive off of being doubted. Oh yeah. Uh, the guys that thrive off of being doubted are guys that end up being the best championship championship uh, champion riders of all time. Look yeah. at look at Ryan Villapoto. That guy was playing second fiddle to um, to the eight hundred. Of Michael Lessie, his whole amateur career. And then when they turned pro, he turned it on and he found that gear. And it seems like when these guys find that gear, they take off. Yeah. And, and, we see, and we see the same thing across the board, regardless of discipline. Uh, it could be supercross, motocross, outdoors, um, um, could be GNCC. Look at, look at Walker Fowler. Yeah. Look, look at Walker Fowler. Yeah. You talk about somebody that is always constantly finding a point to prove and, and, and motivation. We talk about that a lot on this podcast, yeah. and and uh, it, it shows to be true. Yeah, I mean, after a while, you got to find something to piss you off. I mean, or give you motivation. I mean, that Michael Jordan looking for yeah. reasons to be mad you, at people. You got to be because I mean, after a while, you get in a rut. You know, every day, every day. Just I mean, even weekend warriors like us, like ourselves. I mean, you go to work every day. You work, you know, you work your 40-hour shift and sometimes 50-hour shift, maybe even 60, who knows. And you come home, you work on your bikes, you deal with your wife, uh, you do the chores around, you know. Um, and then you got to wake up early and you got to go race. Uh, you get in a rut. Um, you know, these pro guys do the same thing. They train all year round. They're always thinking about moto. They don't really get a break. Uh, so they got to find something to keep them going, to keep them yeah. on a top step. And uh, uh, so you got to find someone to piss you off. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So, that's our rant for the day, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Do we have anything else to talk about? Uh, let's see what we got. Uh, see, I think there's an area qualifier at High Point this weekend. So, if okay. anybody's going out to it, good luck. Uh, I might be there if it's not too muddy for the P-Dub. For Look the for the guy in the split-line t-shirt, split <laughs> off-road t-shirt, right? Is yeah. it okay to wear your own apparel? Well, hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not like you're having a picture of yourself on it. I don't right? know who I am. No, no one knows who I am. Look for the guy in hey, the split on offer t shirt if you're at least up it's it. not my jersey. Ask him <laughs> ask him for free stickers. That's right. Yeah. We're working on this, by the way. We might have some. Um and then uh is Mountain State running this weekend in Summersville or is that next weekend? That's next next weekend on Mother's Day. Is it Mother's Day? Mother's yeah, Day. so I'm I don't understand dude, why people do this on Mother's Day. My wife is like, why do they do it on Mother's Day? Uh, don't you know we got grandmas and, and, I was and grandmas wanting, and I was wanting to go to the uh to that mountain state race. I was wanting to go to, to the old uh what's it called? Uh Good Evening Ranch. Good evening ranch, yeah. Um I'll call make it on Mother's I Day. I was gonna say it's <laughs> it's a hard I made it, I think the year I ran the whole series from Mountain State, we actually went, we, uh, but see, I was lucky though, because I ran bikes, so we were early, so we could, we hurried up, got that done, ran home, 
spend time with my mom, saw yeah. her mom, you know, got that stuff done. But uh, that'll be coming up. Um, I don't think there's anything else uh, going on. We got a break from Supercross. We got a break from GNCC. Uh, some fast sprint Doro sounds like it's going on next week at Harleywood. That's a, a fun place. Yeah, make sure um, you check that out. Check that out. Um, and uh, Brandon, maybe we can ride this coming weekend. Then I can't ride. I'm still <sighs> waiting for surgery, guys. I'm, I'm still uh, under the weather, unfortunately. You want to come watch me ride? Oh yeah, I'll come. Hey, that's what I did at Breezewood. I was uh, I felt like old Bob Rittenhouse tuning everybody's bikes Bobby. up. Bobby's out on the motocross track. I think he Bobby's was. gonna be racing yeah. High Point. I hope. I hope because I'm, I'm planning on going up the yes, the we're gonna ATV we're, national. What what weekend 15th is that? Fifteenth and sixteenth. Fifteenth and sixteenth. We're gonna go up at least the fifteenth. Yes. Uh, watch the pros race. Uh, uh-huh. So look for us up there as well. If you're going to the ATV. Uh, High Point National. High Point National. So yeah, um, we'll be up there just walking around and. Uh, I'm not racing. I oh, am geez. not racing. Come on. I'm not racing that. Well, that Come one. on. I'm not racing. Now I am going to race the the very following weekend is the uh, is the uh, Gene CC up there, I believe. Oh uh, no, that would be was that John Pitton? Fifteenth hmm. and sixteenth would be John Pitton, I think, or I the week after that she might be John Pitton. I don't know. You were going to race the John Pitton? Come on, let's go. <sighs> I'm definitely racing. I, I'm racing High Point. Okay. Come on. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we got some more stuff coming. Uh, we're gonna do a couple, maybe a little updates to the show or something. So be looking forward to. Yeah, uh, be looking like forward, that. dude. This show's growing, man. I'm so happy uh, that this show's growing like it is. Uh, this is something that we didn't expect for it nah. to take off like it really has, but it's been awesome. And you know, something I listened when I was listening to the Bottleneck Live show the other night. Stu and Mikey Wayne's. And DQ were talking about, they kind of went back and forth on what are you doing to make the sport better? Yeah. And it got me thinking, like, I really, you know, right now it's, you know, easy to see that, that, that the riders were, you know, we're getting a lot of followers from the riders that are coming on to our show. Yeah. I want us to get big enough to where, like, we are a positive light for for the sport and and something that people can look forward to, to be able to connect to their favorite rider uh, or the guys that they follow at the GNCC, something that these guys listen to. Everybody that, that has been shooting us messages, uh, we're trying to get back to all you guys that, that message yeah. us, but we appreciate it. Uh, hearing that you guys um, – uh, love to listen to the the show on the way to the track, but can't wait to listen to it. <laughs> so you listen to it before you go to the races. We appreciate it. And if we could, we would uh, put out more podcasts weekly. Uh, maybe one day we will. Maybe one day we'll have more than one podcast a week. Very possible. Very, very possible. But until Man. then, yeah. we only have one. So peace. So enjoy <laughs> it. Hey. Thanks to Guts Racing yes. for jumping on board Shout this podcast. We appreciate you guys. Uh, jumping on and 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 if, like I said, go visit gut, Guts Racing. If you don't have a gut seat on your bike, get one. Get one, now. quad <laughs> or bike. Yeah. All right, guys. For See this you. episode thirty-four, we are out. Push me up against the wall, young tuck.